Welcomes to the Moms for America podcast. I am your host, Debbie Krulitis. And as always, I'm so honored that you are joining us again this week. Our goal is to educate, inspire our moms with hot topics and interesting special guests. And boy, do we have an interesting guest today and a very, very interesting topic that parents are going to want to take notes. So this is one that you're going to want your pens out for. Um, Just a little bit of business here at the top. Um, Please share this podcast with your friends, with your neighbors, with your mom friends. Also, sign up for our weekly newsletter um, called the Mom Memo. That is right on momsforamerica.us. Again, that's our website, momsforamerica.us. So it can keep you up to date with all our upcoming shows, our podcast shows. We've got a lot of events that are happening all across the country. And we are an incredible, incredible resource for moms. So make sure you go by and visit our website. So today's topic, the triple threat, okay? The triple threat. And what is that? Well, that is critical theory. And we're gonna be diving into this subject with really an expert in this arena. Our guest is going to be discussing the dangerous triple threat worldview that is being taught to our children in the American education, public education system. This discussion is imperative for all the parents, imperative. And you've got to listen to this, you've got to take notes because this is either in your school or coming to your school. Let me tell you about our guest here. George Ruska Jr. is the founding member of an organization that is on the forefront of addressing the American public education crisis. And it is called Protect Our Kids. P-O-K. P-O-K's mission is to help educate parents about the scope and the dangers of the public educational system. Their website, I'm going to get that out here on the front, is protectourkidsnow.org. Again, that is protectourkidsnow.org. So I'm going to go ahead, get right into this, and I'm going to welcome George to the Moms for America podcast. Hey, George, thanks for coming on and speaking with us. Hello, Deb. Hey. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is great. Well, I ran across your information. All right. No, maybe you, 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 no, you Facebooked it to us. Facebooked it to us. I did. And yes. And so we do, we do look at our Facebook, everyone, and we do read our emails. <laughs> I know. Um, and I was so excited to hear what your organization was doing. I think we did a quick call and I said, you got to be on the podcast. So tell us a little bit first. We just like to meet everyone on the front end. Tell us a little bit about your family, your dad, um, and a little bit about your background, because you come from um, a country that has dealt with a lot of these issues. Yes, yes. I was uh, born in communist Romania. And at that time, uh, well, I was, I'm the eighth of 12 children. Um, your mom was busy. <laughs> they, both, yeah, my mom and dad were very busy. My, my dad is also the eldest of 10 in his family. And so we, we grew up in a country that espoused uh, the values that are trying to be pushed upon uh, our children and, the, and upon America in general uh, through, you know, the whole prism and lens of social justice. And we'll, we'll get into what's behind all of that. Um, but we came to the United States after um, the revolution in 1991. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up here. I was almost seven when we came. I went through the public school system, uh, first grade, 
uh, went on to college, got my bachelor's in civil, my master's uh, and MBA in project management. Um, wow. Also a, a father of four um, and three of my kids are school age. So I'm, I'm dealing with this uh, head on and have been for uh, quite some time now. All right. Well, obviously as a father is the first thing that pushed you into this, um, protecting our children um, against these agendas that are happening. So thank you for what your organization is doing. Um, it's organizations like you that we can promote and, and cross pollinate because we want our moms to know exactly what's happening. We don't want to just tell them how bad everything is. We want to tell them what some of the solutions are and how we can save our kids and really save America. Um, tell us the overview of what critical theory is. That's the triple threat. Today's show is, I think you're going to come back another time and we're going to dive into maybe some of these other topics. We're trying to give the moms an overview, kind of from a high level look at really what is happening and what these agendas are. So when you told me, Deb, it's, it's a triple threat, it's not, it's all of these, but it falls under the umbrella of critical theory, correct? Correct. You know, one of the things, so, so three years ago, when I got into this fight, um, you know, my, my oldest sister actually, uh, she, she pointed out something very interesting about me. And she said, George, ever since your little girl was born, you're a different person. Yes. I have three, I have three boys and a girl. And once I had my little girl, my whole world changed. It is. You become literally a different person because you look at the entire world. Every little thing is a parent issue. Correct. Correct. And, you know, I found out about the bathroom bill here in California where I live. I found out about comprehensive sexuality education and just kept on uncovering uh, social emotional learning. And, and every time you spend, you know, gazillion of hours trying to figure it out. Right. But the, the common denominator that it always came back to was understanding what was the worldview that was driving this right. agenda. Right. Uh, and that is critical theory. And critical theory is really Marxism plus postmodern philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, so Marxism in history has just been traditionally applied to economics. And that's where you have communism. Um, but when you take Marxism and try to apply it as a worldview to all of life, and in our day and age, you have what is called postmodern philosophy, which takes truth as relative, truth as dead. It's your truth. It's my truth. Uh, it's fluid, right? It's creative. I heard now that we've got a new term calling creative theory. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where now, you know, you get this whole critical theory that masquerades as whatever they want it to be. They use very positive mm -hmm. language like social justice, right? right. Who, who doesn't want justice? Um, but that's what it really comes down to. Now, critical theory, um, there's two very important things to understand about it for parents, because from here, you will see that you can put in whatever word you want between this phrase, these two words, critical and theory. Yes. And once you understand that, uh, it'll, the light bulb will just you know, turn on. So the first thing about critical theory is that applied to economics, which is you know, Marxism, communism, mm -hmm. 
communism was a warfare of class. So you had the rich versus the poor. Right. But, but when you take Marxism and you apply it to postmodern philosophy and all of life, which equals critical theory, you just create oppressor versus oppressed categories in yes. any place. So it could be race, it could be sex, it could be religion, it could be gender. So critical theory views all of life as a struggle between oppressed and oppressors. Right. And, and, and th yeah. this is the springboard to it all. And once you start explaining this, it really, all the dominoes, it all just starts falling in place. You can start connecting the dots to all of these agendas. Um, so I love that you're starting with this, this base. What, what's the first one we should talk about? Is it, is it comprehensive sexuality education, the critical comprehensive sexuality education? Is that, that's the first one we want to talk about. This is what's happening over here in, in Illinois with our, our new bill that was just passed. I mean, this is horrific. Correct. Yeah, I mean, this is actually what got me into the fight, because in 2015 in California, the California Healthy Youth Act, uh, I call it the Unhealthy Youth Act, uh, passed. Wow. There's, your, there's your great words again. Correct. So they, they couch everything in positive terminology. And, and in fact, for parents and moms everywhere, just know this, that there is a version of the Healthy Youth Act coming right. to your state. Um, you can actually go on to the Guttmacher Institute, which is kind of the research arm of the far left that works together with Planned Parenthood, mm -hmm. uh, the Guttmacher Institute. And they keep track on all 50 states, the legislation um, for CSE, Comprehensive Sexuality Education. The other organization that you want to be aware of is CECUS, the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. It sounds very pompous and uh, you know, official government organization, but it's not. They give themselves these names. Mm -hmm. uh, but right from the beginning, what do they do? Critical theory. So it's critical sex theory. So right. they take the heterosexual as the oppressor and they take the LGBTQIA2 plus, you know, QRSTG2, whatever. Right. Um, and they call them the oppressed. And so now, everything that comes into sex education has to be taught from this oppressor oppressed standpoint as you're saying it i can totally understand it here's the funnel here's the messaging here's the funnel correct and the other key difference is the word sex ed which you know, when I was going through high school and, and through junior high, which was not long ago, I mean, I still remember my teacher's names. I still remember <laughs> the, the, the subjects we discussed. Uh, it, it was biology driven. Right. And it was health driven too, right? It was just correct. kind of just how to take care of yourself. These are some things that'll be happening, you know, and you just left a lot of this to the parents. Um, and when it was age appropriate, with the parents. And this is something that just devastates me with this sex ed, even this health, how young, 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 they keep sexualizing and just opening the door for grooming. Um, little kids are having a hard time just thinking about wearing deodorant or some of the, just the basic things in life, let alone talking about these sexual situations and sexualizing them younger, younger, younger. Yeah. 
and, and the key word here is they don't use the word sex ed anymore. It's sexuality education. And mm-hmm. one thing that I, I discovered is that back in 2006, the International Planned Parenthood Federation, which is the global arm of Planned Parenthood, right. they're in over 140 countries in this world. They're a very powerful organization. Uh, they wrote a manual, a guideline on comprehensive sexuality education. And in there, they define the word sexuality. And later on in 2006, they actually lobbied the World Health Organization to change the definition of sexuality. So if sex refers to biology and anatomy, sexuality means sex, gender, it means eroticism, it means behaviors, it means thoughts and fantasies, it means gender identity, gender expression. It is like a paragraph long definition Come on. of what this means. So yes. when you talk now about the Healthy Youth Act and right. teaching and mandating comprehensive sexuality education, parents are confused because they look at the law and they read the law and it's like these general statements and then they look at the curriculum and like why are we teaching about masturbation and why are we teaching about you know how to put condoms on a banana you know mm-hmm. and, and things like that and and when you understand the definition of sexuality you'll understand that actually no 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 it encompasses everything everything and that's why they have to teach it incredible next on the agenda okay so now we've got the umbrella, we've got the first, the sexuality education. What about critical race theory? Obviously this is, again, a main topic. We see parents showing up at school board meetings regarding this. We see um, parents devastated that their kids are going to be, like you said, considered the oppressed or the oppressor. Um, This is another main topic on the forefront that's falling under this umbrella. Yeah, and, and you know what? This topic might be the one that is kind of the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. I think because so. I, I spent, you know, the first back, you know, three years ago uh, when I started in this fight. And for the last, you know, for the first two years of that, we were trying to get our message out to parents. And it, it was just a, a grind. But a year ago when this whole whole issue, you know, hit, hit the fan basically here in America, um, critical race theory now helped kind of bring to light the worldview of critical theory because they, they've called it even academia, the, the far left in academia, they've called it critical race theory. They don't call it critical sex theory for comprehensive sexuality education. You kind of have to make that link on your own. Right. Um, so this is the subject that I believe is helping parents really understand that, okay, critical race theory, what, what is that? That's a theory that must be, you know, I can research it somewhere. Right. So they are dividing, again, oppressor versus oppressed. Who's the oppressor? Yeah. Well, it's the white people, the privileged people. Right. And who are the oppressed? Well, it's the people of color. And from a scientific standpoint, it's, it's just ludicrous because we all have a degree of melanin in, in our biology. Um, so and it's so the, disturbing and it's so dividing and it's so um, aggressive. Correct. And it's actually, it, it's a racist at its core. 
Um, And for me as an immigrant, you know, and my family coming from an immigrant family and just the Romanian people that I would say in general that have come to America, um, we scratch our heads when we watch the news and we're like, are are you serious? Mm -hmm. You seriously think this stuff is true? Uh, I mean, we, you know, our, our parents, our aunts and uncles, you know, our cousins, our grandparents, they've, they've died over this kind of ideology that came into Romania, you know, splitting up us up into oppressed and oppressor categories uh, by class. You know, that's how everything started uh, under communism. And we've had, you know, generations of intellectuals that were expelled from the country. Uh, We've had generations of influencers who were taken to prison camps never to come back again. Mm. Uh, We've had multiple generations of people who were not allowed to go to higher education because Mm -hmm. of what they thought and that it was against the party line. Um, I mean, this stuff is just absolutely ludicrous. Um, I think too, like right now, and I'm just thinking about a mom listening. um, And if you're just kind of hearing about this, this new topic, this new critical race, and if you say that you're opposed to it or you're concerned about the messaging, then you are considered, you know, to be against um, unity and love and diversity and all this. And it really is a tender topic to talk about because everyone wants to be so right and so loving and so caring and so inclusive. I mean, we have moms on our team that are, you know, have an African-American husband or have, you know, have biracial children. And, you know, these are, these are topics that are, those kids have to deal with now in the school. They've got a, a, a white mom and a, and, and a black father, vice versa, or, um, you know, their parents are immigrants or the messaging is so important for us to handle it correctly and sensitively. Um, so how do we, how do we balance this with um, a world that's telling us that everybody's a racist? Well, you, you have to counteract it with, with truth, right? Um, if you, if you listen to a lot of, uh, you know, great thinkers that they, they'll, they'll tell you, um, you know, bad ideas <laughs> shouldn't be censored. They should just be, con- you know, contrasted with better ideas. Okay. Uh, and so we have to present our better ideas. Uh, you know, for me as an immigrant, the perspective that I try to bring to, to parents um, in the public square uh, is that you just have to do maybe a little bit traveling outside of America to realize uh, that America uh is is not racist (laughs) that america is not systemically racist or structurally racist that we're not about white supremacy um i mean i i you know i I think about our family's experience and i ask myself why was it that we wanted to come to america why didn't we flee communism you know for china or for Mm -hmm. north korea you know why didn't we flee to africa uh, and this isn't just you. Obviously, this is everyone wants to come to America. Everybody wants to come to America. Uh, why are Africans wanting to come to America? Like, why, why are African Americans like, you know, going back home to Africa by the droves, right? right. And, and warning people like, hey, this is a bad country. Don't come here. No, no, no. Because there isn't truth in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just takes a little bit of, of a logic. I mean, for parents out there, uh, I would highly recommend you read a book by Thomas Sowell. Um, you know, he's probably one of the most right. foremost thinkers uh, on this topic. He's an African-American gentleman. Uh, Larry Elder, um, 
you know, Candace right. Owens, uh, you know, TJ Coleman. There's so many, uh, you know, black people out there who are talking about this. They just don't get, uh, you know, the, the airtime right. of our biased media. Uh, there's also another really good organization that I happened to stumble upon, and it's called Every Black Life Matters. It's EBLM. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two gentlemen that are running that organization are, are absolutely wonderful men uh, who are really calling out the lies as they see them. So uh, I encourage parents, go to these websites. They have great tools to equip you on how to speak about these issues. Mention your website again for us right now, please, George. So it's protectourkidsnow.org. And on there, if you go to the brochures tab. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a have, lot of information on this subject. Correct. And a lot of talking points to help you understand uh, what's really behind this and how to speak out against it. And I, do, I, and, and I think you, no one is saying that racism isn't. Nobody's saying there are bad people. There are bad people. But America loves one another. America loves our history. We're thankful that slavery has been um, fought and defeated, and we want to live side by side. So the bad people are bad, but the good people are good. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there are more good people, and there are people that have grown up in in biracial communities and love one another and love, um, you know, we're a melting pot here in Chicago. I mean, this is as ethnic diversity as it, as it can be. You go from community to community, from restaurant to restaurant. And we love that. We love the diversity. We love the immigrants that have come here to our country. So um, it really has become such an issue that some people just don't know what to do, what to say, or really what it is, because it's, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's kind of like you're saying, it's when they change the messaging and they put it in and they stick it here, that's the dangerous part. It's kind of like the truth with the lie situation. All of a sudden people are like, what is truth? What is really happening? Well, Deb, one of the things that, that moms need to understand is that they changed the definition of racism. So racism in the past was just all about prejudice, right? Um, and great you know, point, as, great point. As, as a believer, right, you could, you know, Jesus said, look, you, you know, he said to the men in his time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you, you know, you said, you know, you think about adultery, if you desire a woman in your heart, you know, you've already committed adultery. Uh, so, so racism could be, you know, in, internalized, you know, in our hearts, it's just sin at the end of the day, it's a sin of partiality. But right. the left has reframed that definition to be prejudice plus power. So people who don't have power, then by definition, cannot be racist. So coming back to critical theory, you have the oppressor who has power, and you have the oppressed who's powerless. And so the oppressed oppressed category, by definition, cannot be racist. And that's how they circumvent uh, this whole reverse racism that is actually on full display right now in America. Wow. As you're saying it, you can just, you can see it, you understand that, you know, and we do have to be awake. (laughs) We do. And and I know that moms are are awake. I know that um, parents are afraid. Um, They're concerned. And this is why I think everyone is kind of just sitting back and saying, okay, America, where are you going? And what am I going to do with my children? Mm -hmm. And 
how am I going to fight for their future? Let's get to the third threat here. Um, Tell us about this critical history. History. Historical revisionism. Uh, you, you see a consequence of critical race theory is that now we have to reframe all of history into right. this oppressor versus oppressed category. Here we go and again, right. Exactly. So, so now CRT as applied to history, you, you need to vilify somebody who's, who's the bad guy. Right. Um, as opposed to what America has always stood for, there's three key values uh, that we learned growing mm -hmm. up in public schools that you don't learn about those anymore. That's Where did they cool. go? Tell us. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Down the drain. Uh, the teachers union. The teachers union is very influential, influential in driving this change. So it's ordered liberty, in God we trust, and e pluribus unum, you know, out of many one. Um, and so what you see right now is this whole thing about the 1619 project. Uh, which completely rewrites American history to say, you know what, America wasn't really founded in 1776. It was way back in 1619 when the first slave ship, you know, came into Virginia. And, and I'm scratching my head because I, I love history. In fact, one of the things that I loved about coming to America was the fact that I could go to a library and read books and, you know, being the eighth freedom, freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, being the eighth of 12 children, you know, my dad, you know, he had to, you know, obtain like through the black market in Romania, even newspapers or magazines to read about the outside world. We were mm -hmm. never allowed to read anything. So every Monday night, that was our library night. He would take, you know, at, at least really? the, younger, the younger kids, we would go to the library. And by the time I hit about sixth, seventh grade, I loved biographies. I read the biographies of every president of the United States. Really? Uh, most of the founding fathers. And I as you know, over the last you know year dealing with this whole 1619 project, I'm like, these guys like are so blatantly wrong. How how can you even believe right. they're alive? Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Yes. Correct. And if you bring out history and you talk truth, what happens? It well, really never happened. It really never existed. The books were wrong. Oh, you don't get it. What happened? So, so what happens is you, you now, through critical theory, you can get labeled as a racist because they've redefined the definition of racism. So now whenever they point out that something racist occurred in history and that like the Revolutionary War was not to protect or gain any freedoms, it was to protect the slaveocracy that started in 1619, automatically they're going to label you as a racist under critical sex theory automatically they label you as a bigot a homophobe a transphobe right so you can now see that they're using the, the same you know things that you know i, I don't want to be called you know a, a homophobe I, I love homosexual people right um, I've, I've had friends growing up, you know, in, in high school that were such, I have, you know, clients in my industry that are such, and I respect them. I pray for them. We talk, we have meetings, we work on projects together. Uh, but, but they're not trying to shove their agenda down my throat and I'm not trying to shove it down their throat either. Uh, we've been able to live in this ordered Liberty in America for a long mm. time. And, what critical theory does, Marxism plus postmodernism, 
is it always tries to create a war amongst these two categories. Right. If we stay divided, if we won't speak, if we won't talk, if we won't work things out, that's yep. how they win. Yeah. And then the last thing that historical revisionism does is it takes capitalism and it makes it equatable to the plantation slaveholder system. And they yes. said the only reason why capitalism ever came to be is because it benefited from uh, slavery. And so everything is linked back to slavery under this you know, historical worldview. And that's when then you, know, you have the Gen Z uh, you know, generation here in America who mm -hmm. like you know, almost a good 40% of them um, are amenable to socialism and they're viewing capitalism as bad because again, it's the rich versus the poor, right? You take the rich are taking advantage of the poor and they don't realize the dichotomy that capitalism and socialism present right. in socialism. You have over a hundred million people dead over the last a hundred years in capitalism. Million people. Yes. Over a hundred million people dead. In capitalism, you have over 100 million people that have been lifted out of poverty over the last 100 years. Nobody talks about that, and nobody presents critical theory versus a different worldview in this kind of manner. Wow. What? Now, we've kind of just downloaded this to all our moms right now that are listening. I know they're taking notes. I know they're figuring it out. They're putting it together. Um, where do we go? What do we do? I know you have a ton of information on your website. I know we are working on many, many projects. We are in the home with moms with our cottage project, um, with, our, with our cottage meetings, which is our showcase product, um, mm -hmm. training and teaching moms and helping, helping them to learn history, helping them to um, teach and train their children. What are some of the things that you want to tell parents as they're looking at the school year ahead, mm -hmm. the future for their children? Uh, what should they do? I mean, I'm, I'm now looking at private versus the government school as well. So what are some things that you're, you know, protect our kids now? What, how do we protect them? What do we do? Um, what's, what's just some of your takeaways here for today? So the first thing that we say in our message with our organization is get out now. And I realize it's a bold message, and I realize that yes. for most Americans, um, it's it's a tough sell because um, you know I'm I'm a father to four kids. Uh, get out and go where, right? Right. Um, right. Private school is is you know quite costly. Uh, homeschooling might not be an option if both parents are working. Right. Um, and then you know homeschooling, even if you know one of the parents is at home, uh, they probably don't feel qualified. Um, right. so we try to equip parents to understand, you know, how to get out now. Right. Um, I've reached the conclusion and, and this isn't just me, but from reading, uh, actually there was a book called get out now, uh, that you can order on Amazon. And I forget the, the authors of the, the two moms who wrote this book. Um, and what they describe is they basically go back and give us a timeline of all of the things that have been tried in order to save the public school system. And each one of those things have failed. The teachers union has such a grip. Right, um, 
They're so, so powerful. They're so powerful. And all they care about when they look at our kids is they see dollar signs. In mm -hmm. California, that's a $15,000 sign on my child's head. Right. So when I take one of my kids out, um, that matters. is a huge loss for them. Right. And when I found out about this, uh, we, we tested it. One of the things we did here in California is we did a sex ed sit-out day. So we yes. spread the news all over California to say, hey, parents, keep your kids out for this one day. The school districts were freaking out. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, $15,000 divided by, you know, 100 and I don't know, 47, you know, school days in the year. Right. Um, and so, you know, you, you divide that number and it was like, you know, a, a very small amount, but multiply it by about, you know, 12,000 kids that we had sitting right. out that day. Uh, the schools lost a ton of money. And I said, aha, this is what right. they really care about. And there is a massive public school exit uh, organization. Uh, I've gone to a couple of their meetings too. Um, people are, like I said, I am, my husband and I are considering this our third child. We've never, we've always done public school. I'm a, a product of a public school here in Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. So is my husband. So um, we can look at exiting our kids. We can look at homeschooling them. We can look at private we can look at hubs. I know there's, we're gonna be providing a lot of information on our website. What are options, educational options? Um, what if you wanna get in the fight? You wanna show up at your school board. I went to our school board meeting, we had over close to 200 people. Um, some people wanna fight for their school and there's, and for whatever reason, there's hope there. <laughs> yes, one thing that we do say is get out now applies to you know, your children, but at the same time, we can't forget the other children who are right. stuck there. And so we have to go and fight for them. So, um, you know, three years ago, when I, when I found out about all of this, that's one of the first things that I did. I went to my school board meeting for the first time. Shame on me. I should have been going earlier. Um, but I, I went to my first school board meeting. We were able to stop the comprehensive sexuality education curriculum that was being mm. voted on. Excellent. So we had over 100 parents that stormed the boardroom. We got it stopped, and, and we delayed it for three years. They finally approved a, a different version of it uh, last month. But for three years, we were able to protect right. hundreds and hundreds of kids going through our school district from not having to have that indoctrination being shoved down their throat. Correct. Um, the other thing that I would say is, uh, parents, uh, this is you know, a battle. This is a war. It's not just one battle. Right. Uh, so be prepared to stick into this for the long run. Uh, be prepared to find parents within your school district that are willing to run for school board. That's yes. one of the things that we're looking at right now. Yeah, we, we have, are too. We're encouraging our moms. Yeah. And we have moms that are for the first time throwing their hat in the ring and they are saying yes. And not everybody can run. Some will, yeah. some can't. You know, I get it, but moms are jumping in and parents are saying, if you're not going to handle this, I'm going to run and I'm going to be a true, valid, reasonable voice on that yeah. school board. Yes. Yes. And then the other thing that we encourage is teachers. Teachers, you are our missionaries. You are truly on the front line. You have so much latitude in what you, you can say or don't want to say when you teach a curriculum. I've had so many discussions with teachers saying, George, that's a 600 page book we have to cover. Do you think we can cover 600 pages with our kids? 
in, you know, in one school year. So we have to make a decision on what is said and what's not being said. Obviously, the other side, when you look at the teachers union, they have a whole juggernaut now coming on this onslaught of brand new teachers that they give scholarships to go and get their teacher credentials. And they have to fit a critical theory worldview. Right. They're giving scholarships Training, to people right. from, you know, the, the, the oppressed categories, the LGBTQ community. Um, they're, they're giving all of these scholarships to diverse groups. And all of a sudden, the teachers that are coming out of UCLA and USC, these prestigious organizations, what are they? They are actually activists going into our children's classrooms and trying to convert. And they're not hiding anymore. This no. stuff is truly out in the open. This is their game plan. And so for the teachers that we have as, as Christians, Christians yes. in the public school system, you need to step it up. And you need to protect kids by what you say and what you choose not to say. Yes. Good words. Good words. George, I'm so glad that you came on. Thank you for what your organization is doing. Thank you for being a founding member of Protect Our Kids Now, championing um, the future for our kids. Um, again, your website is protectourkidsnow.org. Our website is momsforamerica.us. We're going to be, um, we discuss all of these topics and we have links and we're going to put your link on our website um, so people can connect with you. Thank you so much for what you're doing and thank you for educating um, parents about the triple threat that's out there because critical theory is so dangerous and it's, it, it, and it's so alive and it's so, um, like you're saying, infiltrated into so many areas. So thank you, George, for coming. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Debbie. As, as a survivor of communism, uh, this hits so close to my heart. And having watched and heard from my parents and my older siblings, since I'm the younger I'm so of the sure. five, I'm, so uh, sure. I'm just trying to warn America that we have to stand up. Otherwise, our freedoms will be taken away. Yes. Thank you. God bless you. God bless your family. Thanks for joining us. And to all you moms, thanks for coming by and uh, listening once again this week to our Moms for America podcast. You know, we love you. We want to encourage you. We want to inspire you. So share this with your mama friends, um, with your neighbors and your family. Let them know what's happening in the public school uh, system and what they can do about it. Again, we have all these resources on our webpage and we will be talking with George again sometime in the future. So stop by both of our websites. We love you. And remember, we are moms changing our country one home at a time. God bless. <laughs>